Hello everyone, this is Yolanda, and the episode that you're about to hear was actually recorded a few weeks ago, but before I introduce you to our guest, Carmen Tracy, I want to share a special offer with you. So with everything that's been going on in our world lately, I've had a lot of people reach out seeking clarity and alignment, and Absolutely. You know, I love having one-to-one sessions with you, but I also thought it would be beneficial for you to have some tools to be able to learn how to see and read what's going on with you energetically. Now, one of the best gifts we can give ourselves is self-awareness and understanding how to manage our own energetic fields. So as you know, Um, I have a 12-module online course called Intuitive Mastery, and from today until Sunday, July the 17th, you can access the entire course for only $97. So if you're ready to develop your intuitive abilities and start transforming your own energy, hop over to my website, uchi.com, that's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com, and access the course today. Okay, so now it's time to talk Reiki and shamanism with Carmen. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda Williams, and today we have a special guest, Carmen Tracy. And Carmen is a Reiki teacher and a core shamanic practitioner. And she also hosts this beautiful podcast called Reiki Answer Lady, which is a beautiful resource for Reiki practitioners and anyone who's curious about the realm of energy work. And the goal with her work is to help you to get in touch with your true self and to honor your ability to heal and grow physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So I'm really excited to talk to Carmen today and hear about her journey with all of this work. Carmen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're excited to be here. It is a pleasure. I'm really excited to have you on the show. And for those of you, if you haven't heard her podcast yet, I really recommend that you go and follow that show as well. Again, it's called Reiki Answer Lady. And she does these amazing interviews, and it's such a beautiful resource. But I thought it'd be great that we could hear her story. So one of the first things I wanted to ask you, Carmen, um, was about your journey into Reiki. Like, how did you get started with all of this? Sure. Sure. It's a great question, and it's a fun story, actually. I, uh, I was in nurse's age back in high school, and my head nurse had a crystal store in town, and she also had a Reiki school. And her students were always looking for people to practice on. And so I would volunteer. I just volunteered as much as possible. I loved, like, hanging out in her crystal store, and I loved um, getting the session. So probably for, I would say, a good year and a half, so right around, really pivotal time for me, between 17 and 18, I had so many Reiki sessions. Wow. (laughs) And I think that it really, it changed the direction of my life. Yeah. (laughs) It was transformative. You know, the ladies that, or most of it, most of them were ladies at the time. I mean, this was back in, I'm going to date myself here, but it was, I would have been 17, 18, so 1987, 88. So, you know, back at that time, it was mostly women. And for my boss, you know, she was my head nurse, so it was a lot of other nurses. But these women were giving me feedback. 
on my energy centers and systems that, you know, up until that point, I didn't have a name for. And so it really empowered me going forward into that next stage of my life, you know, graduating high school and going forward with so much more self-confidence than I had at the beginning. <laughs> it was really great. It was amazing. That's really cool. Actually, I was just thinking about, like, how lucky you were to be exposed to this at such a young age. Yes. Yeah. I think it really changed, it really did change the direction of my life. I was at a point where I was no longer living in my parents' house. I had my own place. Um, I worked full-time and went to school, so I, I did still graduate. But, you know, I could have, there's so many other directions I could have gone in, and instead I went forward, you know, it, and I really think from a synchronistic, you know, from the way that Reiki transforms, it brought me into other um, other areas. So, for instance, I at the, around the same time, I was introduced to some Native American circles and powwows, and I did a lot of ceremony. And so, again, I think if, if I hadn't necessarily had the Reiki treatments as many as I did, I'm not sure I would have gone in that direction because yeah. I was searching for more you know, like, more foundational understanding of my own spirituality. Right. And then I was also introduced to uh, Wicca at the same time, um, the fairy fate. And so between the two, so Ricky kind of gave me these options. They said, hey, look, you know, you get in touch with your spiritual self, and there are so many, so many things that would resonate with you out there. That is really cool. So after having all of the treatments and going through that, um, did you do your training right away, or was there, like, a gap in time? There was a very large gap, probably, like, 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, I, so my, my spiritual path, you know, I continued learning about the shamanistic therapies as well as, you know, intention-setting practices for on my personal journey. And so, you know, and my friends would always call me to do big magic or, you know, that's what they called it. Well, you know, it was healing work, though, so they, that they called it Big Magic at the time. <laughs> and then, you know, the Reiki energy, I mean, as you know, we're inherently connected to source. Right. And, and it's, it's in us all the time. And so my friends would say, oh, I really, and my head hurts when you please put your hands on my head. Or my neck hurts when you put your hands on my neck. Right. And animals, too, were always coming. And so I, so I was still doing healing. I just didn't have the foundational structure. So, you know, fast forward about 20 years, I was coming out of software, and I had been a process manager. So I was coming out of software. I had, we decided to have a child. My, I had an opportunity to change careers. (laughs) And, you know, my mother had just passed away. So my mother passed away unexpectedly probably nine years ago eight or nine years ago, and um, uh, it, was, it was so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really struggled with right. even starting the grieving process. I, I just didn't know what I was going to do without her here mm-hmm. physically. Right. And so when we moved to Wisconsin, I picked up a free newsletter, like a free magazine at the grocery store, at the National Food Store, and in there was this cool ad for Reiki. I was like, oh, my gosh. Of course mm. I need a Reiki session. Yeah. That's brilliant. So I went to this lady. She was lovely. The session was amazing. It was out of this school, 
And so I kept going back for the regular sessions, and then I started taking classes at the same time. Wow. And that, you know, that really, yes, it really helped me be able to start grieving for my mom, connect with her in spirit, <laughs> you know, recognize that it wasn't, we didn't lose our opportunity right. to have a relationship. Right. So. I think that yeah. right there is even such a beautiful message, um, you know, in terms of when you talk about how connected we are and how we're, you know, connected to source and really connected to all things, that yeah. even having that realization of knowing you could still continue your relationship with your mother, even though she had crossed over, that's really powerful. So yeah. Yeah. what was the difference for you from going from, you know, having these sessions and then transitioning into actually, you know, becoming a channel of, you know, universal life force energy. Like, did you notice a shift in your life, or what did that do for you? Oh, my you? gosh. So huge. It's been so, yeah, it has been so transformational on so many levels. Yeah. You know, even like I said, I, I, I continued with my own personal spiritual journey, but there's something about Reiki as a foundation yeah. for just for growing exponentially in, you know, all the areas, so, so physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, Reiki one blew my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, so, I'm a nice person, you know, and I'm, I'm super sensitive, and so, you know, I recognize what's going on around me. People like to come to me, people like to talk to me, so I've always, I've always had that, and right. I've always recognized and maybe it's because I grew up with Star Wars <laughs> and the Force, but I've always recognized that I could make changes and had this innate power, this right. ability, right? So, but Reiki, I don't know, I just don't know how or why, but those ideals, oh my gosh, they, they changed the way I felt about myself out in community. Yes. And then I really started to change, and this is an ongoing thing for me. I mean, I'm sure it's all of us, right? This yeah. A, I, don't, I don't think I'm just going to, like, poof, become, um, you know, this, I don't know. I'm, I'm not just going to become something amazing overnight. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so this is an ongoing thing for me. I, I use the ideals every day, you know, but the, but the way that I recognize the energy that I am observing, the stuff that's around me, that that impacts how other people and how other beings are going to respond to me yes. in that moment. That's huge. No, it is so huge. And I love that you said that because, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time. And I feel like I stress it to people and even, you know, with students, like, this is really, it's an ongoing process and you continue to learn about yourself and you continue to unlayer and you continue to like have these shifts in perspective and these deeper levels of understanding. And it really is an ongoing journey. It's not just that, you know, all of a sudden this light bulb goes off and then you're like, okay, I'm done. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah. I mean, that would be great, but that's really cool. Um, you know, that, but even that self-recognition, right? Yes. So have you yes. learned so much even, you know, in how you're viewing people and how your interactions and everything that you just said really speaks to that responsibility we have to ourselves to do yes. the work on ourselves. So 
how has that shifted even your relationships and the people around you with the work that you've done on yourself? Yeah, you know, I just, I find that, um, one of my colleagues calls it breadcrumbs, you know, she's like, I'm always following following the Reiki breadcrumbs, Uh and I kind of feel like that's exactly, you know, what's happening, because I, um, you know, so, so, like, I had Reiki one, and then after, my my teacher makes you wait three months before you even start to talk about the other classes, Uh and so it wasn't until, you know, like, four or five months later that I had Reiki two, and, you know, Reiki two's very spiritual, you know, and I really... I, I, um, again, it's so interesting how Reiki can be such a foundation. Yeah. I, of course, I, I knew, like, my guys and allies were around, but I, I didn't have the, I didn't have this direct connection with them to, um, communicate with them like Reiki 2 brought me. Yeah. Yeah, Reiki yeah. Reiki brought me to this place where it was like, oh, hi, everybody. I can, now I can start to see you guys and hear you guys. And was that a process for you? I'm sorry. I just wanted to ask you really quickly because I know for a lot of people, like even me, when I first started, you know, I was in my first Reiki class and people were seeing rainbows and all these things. And I didn't see anything initially. It took a while before I started to develop all of that. Um, Was that your experience or was it something, you know, like immediate for you? No. No, I think it was exactly, it was exactly that. So, like, in Reiki 1, I remember in my first attainment, I kind of had, you know, I kind of had, like, these sort of, this sort of grayish outline. Like, I kind of knew someone was there, but right. I couldn't really see anything. Right. You know, and then you're giving yourself repeated daily treatment. And yeah. that was the other thing I was taught was, you know, you, we recite the ideals, so we start our day off in a, in direction that we want to head in. Right. And then, you know, and then you do your uh, Reiki self-treatment. Right. You know, every day. It wasn't like, it wasn't an option. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I took that to heart and I gave myself treatments all the time. And I still do. I give myself treatments throughout the day when I need them. I give myself treatments at night before I go to bed. You know, so I still to this day do that. And I think that's what helped me get to you know, get to that level and, and, and Reiki 2 where I started to have more clarity. It wasn't really until Reiki 3, though. Reiki 3 pushed me way over the edge. Yes. And that, at that point, I was able to actually communicate with everybody. Right. So it was a definite, you know, gradual process over the course of, it must have taken me a year to get to Reiki level 3 yeah. with my teacher. And then after that, she did a year-long apprentice program for the master teacher level, and so I completed that a year later. Um, you know, but, yes, it's an ongoing process. And even now, where, you know, here it is six years later, and I'm still giving myself daily treatment, and yes. my meditation still just keeps getting better and better. Yes, and that's another big thing, too, you know, that um, being consistent with the work on ourselves. So, yeah, it's that is such a powerful thing um, because, you know, a lot of people that come into this realm and do this work, a lot of us, you know, may have a pull to want to help other people. But I always tell people the importance of helping yourself, like kind of like putting that um you know, on the plane where you have to put the mask on yourself first, (laughs) but really like making sure that even in the process of helping others, that you are still very dedicated to your own work. So even with all the Reiki and everything that you did, how did this lead into your shamanism? 
No, it, it, it fits so well. Yeah. So, you know, I think that Ricky has a lot of shamanistic quality. Yes. You know, where, um, you know, inherently in Japan, they, you know, it's not like they follow or practice Shinto, but they, you know, they believe that everything in nature has kami. Right. right? And kami is a spirit. And, and in the, in shamanism, you know, as a, you know, mostly indigenous cultures, they have an inherent connection to nature. Yes. And so from there, that's a very easy, you know, easy fly, fly sideways for Reiki to shamanism is that they, they inherently follow the same principles that we're all connected and that, you know, we, everything matters, you know, everything has spirit, everything has energy, and so it's all of value. And I found that, you know, it was a very easy flow between the two. Right. And, you know, through the Reiki treatment, because I'm able to continue to work on my own, you know, peeling back my own onion layers. <laughs> yeah. I just continue to have a better and better relationships with my compassionate guides and allies. Yes. So shamanism works in the realm of spirit. So, that, so when the clients come to me, I always, I always create like a custom, you know, a custom plan for them, depending on what's happening in their lives. And, you know, and the desires that they have in their heart, like where they really want to be experiencing in their life or how they want to feel in their experiences. So, you know, I would tell people, Reiki is very passive. I'm a channel, and you get to receive this extra boost of light that you're already inherently connected to, but we're just going to give you a little supercharge. Right. Versus the shamanism work goes on in the realm of spirit. And it's a lot more active. You know, there's, that would be where I would consider the, you know, anything extra that happens, extractions or uh, psychic, you know, um, surgery or, you know, removing attachments, you know, compassionate depossession, that kind of stuff, or, or curse unraveling, a thoughtful unraveling, that kind of stuff. Right. So it's much more active and it gives us more options, but it's really not, not a necessary part of the treatment. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's so interesting because it is very complimentary. I had um, six different Reiki teachers, and three of them that I know of were also um, practicing shamanism. In fact, yeah. one of my teachers in our master level um, taught us, you know, to do psychic surgeries and that type of thing. But my very first yeah. Reiki teacher also taught us how to do shamanic journeys and that type right. of thing. So with you and your practice, because I know a lot of people like hear the word shamanism, but they're not too familiar about what it is. Can you share maybe just a little bit about like a shamanic journey and what, sure, why sure. someone may get one or what that may be like for them? Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, so, so like I said, shamanism, you know, works in the realm of spirit. And so when, you know, when you're going on a shamanic journey, then, you know, you're, you're, Let's talk briefly about imagination, right? Because mm -hmm. I know this trips people up. Yeah. So our minds are these amazing synthesizers of information. And they do this through, the, you know, the, using our imagination to create processes. You know, and so, so our whole life, we imagine everything in it, right? I mean, yeah. our, we imagine what we're going to wear in the morning, and then we, we take the steps to make that happen. And we're going to imagine what we're going to cook, and we take the steps to make that happen. Right. So we're always using our imagination. So it's important. And so when we do a journey, we are allowing, we're tapping into that synthesizer part of our mind 
and we're allowing our imagination to create an experience for us in a way that's going to allow us to tap into that spirit world, right? To have an experience and have a communication in that realm. Yeah. So a journey, you know, is, is like a guided meditation, except that once you get on the journey, it's your imagination that gets to fill in the details for your experience. Unlike a guided meditation where I would fill those details in for you. So, you know, your, your imagination is going to present your experience in the realm of spirit very differently maybe than mine. Right. You know, some people have, um, you know, imagination, because our imagination is going to turn, turn the information that we're getting, the energy information that we're getting in the spirit realm, it's going to turn it into an image or an experience that we can understand. Yes. So it's not about my understanding, it's about yours. Right. You know what I mean? Or yes. Yours, it's about your perception in that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the journeys, they offer such a huge, just this really rich opportunity for us to, uh, to contact, you know, to get in contact with our ancestors. You know, and by ancestors, I mean, I mean the full ancestral lineage of beings that have been human on this planet. There's so many, and they're, some of them are really ancient. So, so we have this opportunity in the world of spirit to um, to get really valuable information that could be really pivotal for people on this planet. You know, even you saying that too, it also another thing people ask about commonly, and we've talked about it on the show, but I would love to hear, you know, your insight around this as well, working sure. with our guides and our ancestors. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, prior to actually having like a conscious awareness of your connection to them, people are yeah. very curious about that. So um, can you talk to, you know, from your experience, the benefit of connecting with your ancestors or your guides or your allies? And then if you have any recommendation for people who are trying to figure out how to make that connection. Sure. Yeah. The first, the, you know, the first way that, that I recommend starting to make that connection is just simply starting to try and meditate. Yeah. Uh, to, to have some sort of, of time or space for yourself where you can set yourself aside you know, meditation is really just a tool for us to be able to learn how to put that kind of doubting ego part of ourselves aside. Yep. You know, to, in order for us to have an experience because we're, you know, I mean, collectively we've created an ego that's very self-doubting and, and you know, not very nice, really. Yeah. And so we need to set that part. Just kind of be like, yeah, take a break. Yeah. I can go on a journey so I can meet my guides. And so... You know, right away you can start to ask them for, um, you know, for a connection. So the two of you need to work out, or you know, or however many guys you want to reach out to, you know, you guys need to figure out, like, how is your imagination going to help you communicate? Yeah. Because everyone receives information differently. Again, back to our imagination, it's going to, it's going to present the information in a way that you can understand. Right. So, you know, with that flashing... Uh, seeing number sequences every time you walk by a clock. Or maybe every time you, you're out in nature, you look down and you see a heart rock. Right. Or, you know, maybe a special butterfly comes into your life every time you think of a special person. You know, there are messages that we get from the spirit realm all the time, and they, they present it in a way that we can understand. So that's the second thing I would recommend is just to start to look for them. Yes, pay, pay attention. attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thank you. 
too, you know, so when you, so let's say you are walking out on, um, you know, on the beach and you see really pretty heart rock. Now, I don't think you need to take every single message home with you all the time, but you can say, hey, thank you for the message. I did receive it. Yes. Because then that's going to, that's going to encourage your compassionate guides and allies to reach out to you more and more. Oh, she got that message. I'm going to try again. <laughs> oh, she got this message. I'm going to try this. I love that you said that. That is like such a beautiful um, recommendation for people because I think, you know, we have an idea of, you know, so many people, we have these ideas of like only certain people can make these connections or um, it can only come through in one way. Like, you know, even in the beginning for myself, I remember thinking, well, I could feel energy my entire life, but I didn't know what it meant, right? Right, And so it seemed useless, and so I was kind of dismissive of it, and it was really kind of annoying because I didn't know how to translate what I was feeling, right? And so and in my mind, you had to be able to see things, like physically, with your physical eyes, like to see, you know, something in the spirit realm in order to be connected or tapped into something. So it is. It is, and I I think it's so good for people to hear all the different ways that information comes through and the importance of learning how to translate how it comes through for you. So in your experience, even for you, how did you start to um, recognize that messages or that you were connected to, you know, your guides and your allies? Like, how did you receive that information and how did you learn how to interpret it? Sure. Yeah, I just want to say one other thing with the with the you know for the listeners about um, you know stuff to connect with people. I always I like to specify that my guides are compassionate. Yes. Because not all you know, there's so many beings that haven't had an experience of human on this planet, and you know they're not really going to be compassionate to the human experience. Right. You know, and so unless you're looking for like a really deep healing on some ancestral level, in which case you might want to open it up to non-compassionate ancestors. I would be really specific with the types of information I want to get. Yes. You know, you know just <laughs> compassion, compassionate is good, right? We need more compassion, like self-nurturing and self-love and self-compassion in our lives. And so I always say, let, let, let my communication that be compassion. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so with the, you know, I, so I've always been psychic. I've always seen spirits. Spirits in my youth were very, real um and they were very it was upsetting to say the least and my parents you know my parents were great my parents were they had um they had more they're i was not raised in any particular religion so and today i'm super grateful for that because it it has made my life not complicated right 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 so so i haven't had a whole lot of struggle with that and i'm super grateful for my parents for that and they didn't dismiss that I was seeing spirits. It was just they didn't know what the heck to do with me. Yeah. Right? So that was kind of disconcerting. And I didn't know, and I know now, because I have energetic sovereignty over my space, my little sphere here, I can tell those spirits not to touch me, not to talk to me, not to show themselves to me, whatever it is that I don't want. I can I can request that. I can insist on that in my space, yep. actually. But I didn't know that when I was a kid, and so I was always seeing them, and then they'd disappear. And they, you know, even today, it still freaks me out. <laughs> I got in the car, I don't know, a couple months ago, and there was a dude in my backseat, and then he was gone. <laughs> and it's 
so disconcerting. I just like because they look so real, right? Um, and then you know, I've always been able to. I don't do it as a grown up anymore because again, now I know I can say no. Yes. But I used to just free flow get information from people's thoughts, mm-hmm. and it got me into trouble. So I literally got into trouble by my fifth grade teacher. Uh, because I was standing at my one teacher's desk, and in my mind, I got this image of the two of them sitting in her kitchen having coffee. And it was a very beautiful kitchen, big picture window, the outside the yard looked really pretty, and I said, wow, you have a really pretty kitchen. You know, it looked like you two were having a nice cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah. And they looked at me. And their mouth dropped open. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of walked away. You know, and I was like, that's to do, whatever, you know. And yeah. later on that day, that my fifth grade teacher, the man, actually pulled me aside in the hallway and threatened me. Wow. And I was like, you can never tell anybody that. I don't, he was like, I don't know why you're spying on us or how do you know, whatever. Yeah. He was like, it was like he had his. He had to be, like, pinned to the locker. It was really crazy. Wow. So as soon as that happened, I I was like, you gotta, you can't say anything. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought everybody got that information. I really did. I, you know, and so in, all in high school, like, I would know when people were lying. I would know when people were saying mean things about you. I would know, like, it was very, it was upsetting. I was always a different kid because of it. Um... Animals, you know, I've always been big friends with animals, so all the animals in my, my little yard and stuff growing up, I knew, you know, all the snakes, I knew all the squirrels and all the birds, you know, they're they my buddies. Um, I had this tree when I was 12, that was like my best friend, and so I was always that kid. <laughs> You know, oh, and a little different. <laughs> I actually want to talk to you about that um, in a second. I was going to ask you about the animal communication because I know that's uh-huh. like a very, um, I mean, that's, uh, we could probably do a whole show on that. But yeah. um, one of the things that you Love said it. too that I think is so important is how you said like you had ownership of your energetic space. And once you had that realization, um, I think that's such a big thing for people to know too, yeah. because a yeah. lot of times when we're, you know, feeling called to this work or you know there's something more you know there's something more to you you know uh-huh. a lot of people have a fear of the unknown and they may be yeah. afraid of like opening this can of worms or like what's yeah. going to happen do I have to be in connection with everything but yeah. when you do start to really understand not just energy in general but understanding that you have um, control and ownership of your own energetic space uh-huh. I think that's really a game changer for a lot of people. So yes. what was, is there something even in specific to that that you would recommend to people or how did you come to a space of knowing and realizing that you had, um, that you were like the manager of your own field? Reiki. It was Reiki. It goes right yeah. back to Reiki again. Because, yeah. Because, you know, as soon as in Reiki 1, you start to learn that, you know, how much power you really have over your own energetic integrity yes. is huge. And I had no idea. You know, and so back, like the thoughts, you know, I don't I don't receive that information anymore because I don't want to. There's no value right. in it to me. Right. I don't want to carry anyone else's stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, why would I want to carry this memory for somebody else <laughs> when I don't have to? So so now I choose, you know, not to not to let that stuff in. Yeah. I mean, some people it's hard not to because they're, 
you know, I mean, it, we're energetic beings in an energy world, and when somebody is so desperate to get any type of validation, they can they can get through your fields and reach out and connect to you. Yep. But thanks to the shamanism stuff, I have a body protector, and my body protector helps me make sure that my internal energy is not being affected by external events. And yeah. so if I can't tell that somebody is reaching and grabbing onto me, I can gently disengage. <laughs> yeah. Give it back to them. And that is so so good for people who are so sensitive to energy. Like, yes. you know, we talk yes. about empaths and things yes. like this and how much other energetic influences can influence us. And a lot of times yes. we're responding or acting from energies that aren't even necessarily ours. Yes. And, you know, like we have so yes. much, so many energetic impressions in our field, whether it be from like our family, how we grew up, our mm-hmm. peers, I mean, just mm-hmm. everything. And so yeah. having that awareness of your own space and your energy and what that feels like and to be free of that stuff and to work through the layers, like it, it really mm-hmm. changes everything, everything. Yeah. So yeah. with you, um, one of the things I wanted to make sure to get to talk to you about was the animal sure. communication. Yeah. So how yeah. do you work with that? So, you know, the animals, animals have really rich, deep, emotional, mental, you know, physical, spiritual lives, just like we do. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the mechanics to, um, you know, speak our language. Yeah. But, you know, when Reiki, again, Reiki can really help you connect to uh, your animal field, you know, and in that field, you can get all sorts of tons of information. And people talk to their animals all the time, and they say, you know, again, because our society, um, you know, has, has shut some of this down, then it's silly, right? You're, we're told that we're just crazy. We're reading into it. But it's, it's really legit. I mean, they're giving you information all the time through uh, their eyes, through their head movements, through their body language, you know, through their... Um, their energy field, their vocal, they do vocalize, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just not in English, English or whatever language you speak, um, <laughs> but through, you know, through the practice of meditation with Reiki, you can then go in and connect them to your animal through their field, you know, and, and through the same way that you do with a Reiki treatment with a person and you start to get information about that person, if you do the same thing to your pet, you're going to start to get information about your pet. Yeah. So that's one way that, you know, people can communicate with their animals. Now, I use the shima- more of my shamanic tools to communicate with them. And so I, I go on a journey. I meet my guide. I meet the dog's guide. There's a cat's guide. There's a rabbit or whoever it is I'm working with. They all have their own guides, too. And we kind of meet in this journey space, and then we start to talk about what's going on. And the one thing that I do, I don't know if other communicators do this, but it's really cool, and I get so much information is I ask the animal to show me their safe place, like to show me their sacred space. Mm-hmm. And the journey to their sacred space tells me what's going on in their life. And then when we get to their sacred space, that tells me how they feel about their life. <laughs> I've gotten so much profound information that way. That and, is really cool. Um, it's, been, it's been amazing. It's been really amazing. That is so cool. Now, another thing I want to ask you, because I'm always curious about this with people who do this work, because and I always joke, I always say it takes a strong person to really <laughs> show up for themselves and because it's, you know, uh-huh. it's not always pretty, but it's so right. rewarding. Like when you yeah. really do commit to 
seeing yourself, getting to understand what you're capable of, getting to, you know, going through all of these layers and peeling the onion, like you said. So what um, makes you or why do you do the work that you do? Uh, it's really interesting. I, I guess, well, it's really interesting. I guess because the opportunities continue to present themselves, yeah. it's probably the breadcrumb bread answer, right? That, yeah. that Reiki brings into my life. Um, you know, experiences that are going to bring me forward into the next experience. And so, you know, um, my business in Wisconsin was called Carmen's Holistic Healing, and here it's called Paradise Reiki. So, you know, the office, I was looking around for the office, and there was this really cute building, and it, there wasn't a space available. And then that afternoon, he called me back and said there was. <laughs> right? And, there, and it's this cute little room. It's exactly what I needed. It's exactly in my budget, and it's exactly what was required to make it happen and so boom I guess I need to you know have a healing space and start offering my services to clients and and then clients come to me yep and then people want to you know when I first started doing Reiki in Wisconsin six years ago people brought me soup and bread and cookies and essential oils and all sorts of fun stuff and then you know eventually people started giving me money yeah um and then you know I I decided I better get a business license and insurance and look around and see what people are charging and so on and so forth. You know, so the universe keeps giving me opportunities to do this work. You know, and then I continue, like I said, in meditation with my with my shamanic work, I continue to, um, well, this is the way it works for me. Again, I'm not sure how this works for other people, but I will get, during a meditation, if all of a sudden a new guide shows up for me, then I'll ask, you know, if they're there for me or someone else. And a lot of times they're there for somebody else. And so I know what that now tells me is that I'm going to have somebody come into my life that this guide and I need to work on with them. So, so again, they just keep giving me, you know, they keep providing me with with these opportunities to work with people. So I'm going with the flow. Yes. (laughs) On this one. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating, though. I mean, I love the, the shamanic work. is amazing. This, this, if you can approach communication from a non-judgmental place, then you can find out some really fascinating information. Yeah. You know, but if you go into the realm of spirit with judgment, fear, or worry, or any of those sorts of, um, like, lower vibrational energies, you open yourself up to risk. I mean, open yourself up to the potential to, I don't know, be messed with. Yeah. You know, so it's super important that when you do go, start to go out there, you just go with those, you know, you just hold yourself in a space of light and take care of yourself and then and then let, you know, let others come to you and, and provide you with information. I have to say Keep that. Keep in mind, of course, that you have your own energetic sovereignty, so at any point, you know, if you don't like what's going on, you tell them. And that's such an, an amazing practice, you know, and that's another thing we talk about a lot on the show is, you know, trying to work on being into a space of neutrality so that you are, you know, releasing the judgment, especially, you know, the yeah. self-judgment, self-criticism, yeah. um, recognizing the fear energy that you're holding on to, the doubt, the worry, all of those things. But when yeah. you do this work, you know, even when you're working on yourself or working on clients and really it becomes a practice of, you know, working in non-judgment and you really are just observing, you know, what's coming up for people. And without all of those 
fears and judgments and worries, it helps you to move deeper into a space of clarity and understanding. But that also carries over into our, like, you know, our regular lives, (laughs) I guess you you know. So it's such a beautiful thing that the the practices that we learn through the energy work and how they really, I mean, it affects every aspect of your life. Gosh, it's, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I could talk about this stuff all day. I swear. It's just... I know. I know. You know, I think, you know, that you had said a couple of things that, you know, the messy part and the ancestors, and, and this is going to be, I think this would be really profound, you know, if everybody just stops in the United States. Let's just take the United States. And obviously, we have some really crazy things going on right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very de- divisive out there. Right. You know, and, and people are feeling very hurt and very... Um, not nurtured, and so you know, here we have this huge opportunity. So, if everybody in the United States stopped right now and just looked inward and said, You know, I give myself permission to release my ancestor karma, yep, you know, I give myself permission to release my parents' karma, like, and I give myself permission just to take care of myself and mm-hmm. to love myself and have compassion for myself, yeah, like. Right away, there would be such a huge energetic shift. Yes. We, you know, energetically, our ancestors came to the United States to a place that was already occupied. If, if, we're, if you're a white European settler, that is, right? Yeah. We, we affected other people when we came here. It's okay to say that we know that. Right. It's okay. But, you know, it is dirty. It is dark. And, you know, it, but... You know what, we need to just deal with it. We need to, like compost, I mean, come on. Yeah. You can make something wonderful if you just start digging deep. Isn't it? And it's so, there's just something so amazing about actually doing it. And that's another thing too, you know, cause yeah. it's, and I always tell people, I'm like, part of this of what I love and even part of why, you know, I started the podcast is because you can read a lot of books, you can hear a lot of things, teachers, all of this stuff. People can tell you stuff all day, but until you actually put these things into practice yeah. and really try, really give it an effort, it's like you won't really know. I mean, these right. shifts are huge right. and it sounds like, I think sometimes it sounds too simple for people to believe. Like we're yes. so conditioned yes. that things have to be difficult yes. or we have to go through all these loops, but it's, That's right. yeah, well, it's, you need experts. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, Reiki, Reiki, like I said, has helped me on an emotional, you know, definitely an emotional level. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've needed to, you know, you go through all your chakra cycles all the time and you think, okay, where else do I need this? Right. But, you know, physically, physically, Reiki has been interesting, too, because, again, once you start to learn how to take care of your own energy body and how much you can really change, you know, I started to realize that that I can nurture myself on so many different levels and get to know myself and I can trust myself. Yeah. I don't have to be afraid. You know, if my body... You know, if, if, let's say, I get a little tingling on the top of my head and I got one of my gallbladder acupressure points. Right. I don't have to be afraid. My body just gave me information. My own body just said to me, hey, <laughs> rub your gallbladder point. And we're designed for it. That's the thing. It's like, yes, okay, maybe we didn't grow up learning about this stuff, but I always tell people you are designed this way. Like, you're meant to understand not just your physical Uh being, but you're also Uh an energetic being, and it changes everything. 
everything. And it's so interesting too, when you start doing the work and you recognize what you've been holding on to, but not even what you've been holding, but how it's been affecting you. Like, you know, you start to realize even things like we all have parental stuff, right? So when you start recognizing like, wow, I've been carrying like my parents, their judgment, their worries, their this, their that. And you can look at that without judgment and just go like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. And I free myself of this. It is those little things are the most impactful things you can ever do for yourself. If you just show up, just show up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're, we keep talking about Reiki wands. I think everyone should have Reiki wands anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even if you don't, even if you're a listener and you don't have Reiki one, you can start healing yourself. Like, you can yep. own your stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And it really is as simple as saying, I give myself permission to own my own energy integrity. Yep. Boom. But, you know, Reiki is so simple. And I know it blows people's minds. I, I used to, when I first started practicing, I did these free fairs. Uh-huh. So, you know, we'd have, like, big street festivals, and I would set up a booth and just give free Reiki sessions. Yeah. Little, little 15-minute sessions. I had a lot of other colleagues, and, we, you know, we all worked tandem together or whatever. And I cannot tell you how many people would be like that. You're not doing anything. Like, so somebody would be on the table, we'd have our hands on them, and a person would walk by and be like, that's silly. Like, you're not, you're not doing anything. I'd be like, well, just come back. Come back in 15 minutes and lie down and feel it for yourself. Right. You're amazed. You know. Because in its simplicity, it's profound. Yes. It, and it is so simple, but so amazing. And one of the things that you said, and it really, it just reminded me of this too, the giving ourselves permission. Um, mm-hmm. I'm huge on that too. And mm-hmm. one of my, I have like this free meditation series on my website. And in one of the meditations, I say that throughout, like give yourself permission oh, to cool. do this and that. And someone emailed me and she said, I never considered giving myself permission and it really struck me like again like just the way even in a society the way we're grown up we're constantly you know being told what to do being told what to believe being told what we can and can't do what's right what's wrong and we weren't really you know conditioned I guess you would say to give ourselves permission to do anything you know, and it's like we think like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm making choices for myself, but based on what? So when you really start to look at um, what you hold and recognize that you can, that you are the one that has the power of your own space and your own field. I mean, that alone, again, sounds like a little thing, but it's huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. And, and, you know, really, if you do start, you know, for the listeners, if you just start taking those simple steps. Right. You like you'll just be amazed because we do have so many options. We yes. do have so many choices, and I know sometimes people feel very, very stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, but I promise that each moment is different. Like it does. You know, you are moving. You are moving forward or sideways or backwards or whatever it is. In that moment, it's still different than the moment before. Mm-hmm. You know, so you do have an opportunity to make change every moment. Every and moment. Just by giving yourself permission you, hello yes <laughs> like energy what? is constantly moving you're constantly yes. doing even when you feel yes. stuck i tell people you're still doing like you're creating yes. even in your mind energetically exactly. you're, you're you're shifting yes. all of that all the time it's like exactly. this like 
this is the thing I think too, it's good for people to know. Like people think, well, I don't know how to work with my energy. I don't know how to, you know, transform or manipulate my own energy. I'm like, you're doing it already. So it's better to more helpful for yourself to do it consciously to where you understand what you're doing instead of, you know, affecting yourself with, you know, limiting beliefs and, you know, the fear and all of these things. You're already doing it. It's why not take control and learn how to do it in a way that is like most beneficial to you. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because our mind is one that we've just let run, run, plant Yeah. Like, yeah. no, wait, hold on here. You actually are the driver. Of right. The part of your brain. Right. You know, so just say, stop, stop, stop picking on me. You know, stop telling me I can't do this. Stop projecting so far out into the future that it's silly. Right? I mean, I find myself doing this sometimes, too. I'll be like, yeah. oh, my God, 20 years. Whoa. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 20 years? Really? <laughs> How about right what? now? Right? <laughs> yeah. How about right now? And what you want to do, you know, make yourself something nourishing for breakfast. Like, that makes way more sense. Right. You know, to have, like, a practical thought about than <laughs> That is too funny. Worry. Oh, my goodness. Can but I get rid of this? I try and look at myself with humor. And compassion. Yes. Right? Because I used to be, and I can be mean. I can be mean to myself, you know, just like everyone else can. But instead of, if I find myself doing those thoughts, instead of getting frustrated, I try and just be like, oh, man, you're so silly. Yeah. Like, really? Come on. That's a silly thing to be thinking about right now. We don't need to do it. Right. You know, my son is 12, and, you know, Christmas is a very, this is an age for him. You know, that's a big deal. Um, he actually, my, I did it to him partially, like, he learned some stuff for Ricky One, because I want him to know and notice, you know, where where he has control over his energy. Yeah. Because thoughts are a big one. You know, kids, and we all do this still, like, like I just admitted, I do it to myself. We spin stories. Mm-hmm. Right? We fantasize. And, those, and it's not, those aren't fantasies that we necessarily want to have come true, right? The worst possible scenario, right. for instance, is a, is a common one. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen if this is the worst possible scenario? Well, I just made myself sick to my stomach. Right. So I always ask Tyler, well, I guess I just said his name. But I always ask him, like, how, how are you feeling physically? Yes. Oh, I don't feel good. Okay, then, that, that story that you're spinning, then... And you just told me, so you're giving it life. <laughs> Is it making you feel good? Yeah. Let's change it. It's so funny you say that. I love that the spinning the story. I joke with my friends and I'm actually um, with the people in the coven of consciousness. We're going to do a class in October, but it's called spell casting. And yeah, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like we're constantly, you're casting spells all the time. I'm like, what you are saying out of your mouth, the things we say, like I always, or I never, these things, it's like you are constantly um, shaping your reality by, you know, what you believe and what you're putting out there. I mean, you're like building the foundation for these things. Yes. So yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But be, yep, and it sure. all comes back to having an awareness of yourself, acknowledging what you hold, acknowledging what you say, yep. acknowledging, you know, all of these things. So, but before we go, um, yeah. God, I could really talk to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You just keep going back. I know. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about your podcast because, yeah. again, it's such a great resource oh, for. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, I mean, people, you know, practicing Reiki, but really people just curious about this realm, period, I think can get so much from um, your podcast. So what made you start that? And what do you... Networking. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because, um, well, two two things, actually. You know, one, I I really needed to embrace the internet. Yeah. You know, going forward as a business owner, as you know... The interwebs is important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I was never really a computer, well, even though I was in software, I was the process person, right? I was the person who defined the best cost practices for software development. Right. And so I wouldn't say that I was necessarily, like, glued to my machine all the time. Um, and so, and they don't cooperate with me. I don't know. I, so I needed, but I needed to embrace it. And the podcast was a fun way to do that. But networking is so important. And I, so here's my take on holistic health. There isn't one thing at any one time in our life that's going to fix everything, right? But, well, first of all, we're not broken, so fix is a terrible word. But, you know, as you're journeying on your health path, you know, on your, on your life path, you need a mix of a team yeah. in place, yes. right? Yes. We need to be, you know, supporting ourselves physically, supporting ourselves emotionally and mentally and spiritually. We need a, a variety, Right. And so, you know, when I when I first started my practice, I was part of this really cool networking group. Um, and it was all just different alternative and complementary therapies. And I learned about thermography, and I learned about Pilates, and I learned about yoga, you know, all this cool stuff. And so when I started, when I came up with the idea for the podcast, I was like, well, I should just interview people about their therapies. Yeah. Because there's so many amazingly cool people out there doing really awesome things. And so it's, it's endless. Yes. Um, and it's actually, for me, again, being guided with Reiki, every time I interview a person, I get a new breadcrumb. Yeah. For myself, first and foremost. Right. So I've done so many cool, like, healing, ex- like, the experiences from my, my podcast, for instance. Like Gary David's optimal EFT or Gary Craig's optimal EFT, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff is free out there. Come on, like what a cool guy. Yeah. And you know, but I use his technique now. It's amazing. That is so. Like cool. I use the Reiki version of his technique, but still. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, like you, like you were on my, we're gonna have a show release. So you know, you were on my show. How amazing is that? So. I get to meet people not only in my area, but across the, you know, across the country that, that are doing really cool things. And that is one of the things I think is so huge, too. And I love your show. And, you know, I think one of the great things of being able to connect with people this way is we do get to build community and we do get yeah. to have these conversations, especially because there was a time where, you know, people couldn't just have this access to know that they weren't alone and what they were yeah. feeling or what they were going through in these different journeys. Right. And I think in these mediums, you get to see like, wow, there's a lot of people out there <laughs> that, yeah. you know, that are going through what I'm going through or have the same questions or have, you know, gone down paths that I'm curious about. So I, I, I love that we do get to connect in this way. And I'm so thankful yeah. that you and I were able to connect and it yeah. was a, so much true. fun being on your show, and I'm so yeah. glad that you came on this show. Um, yeah, I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you and sure. where you are. So you're in in San Diego now, right? Or Carlsbad? Yeah, I'm in Carlsbad, California, right in the village. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so if you're in Carlsbad, um, California, you can see Carmen in person, but you also offer distance sessions, don't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah, in fact, the, the shamanic work, I mean, of course, Reiki can be done from a distance, too, um, but, yeah, all the shamanic therapy can be done from a distance. Right now, I, would, I think all of my animal clients are from a distance. Oh. I do a lot of spirit communication, um, spirit-guided communication for folks, and that can be done from a distance. Um, curse unraveling, thoughtful unraveling, you know, all those kinds of things, cord cutting, those can all be done from a distance, too. Perfect. So how can people contact you? Sure. You know, Paradise Reiki, so um, paradisereiki.com, you know, would probably be the, the best website to go to. And then my number is, you know, you can always call me or text me. Text me is the thing these days, right? Yeah. Um, at 414-367-4325. Okay. And that website was paradisereiki.com, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Carmen, yeah. it was... I'm Reiki Answer Lady. The podcast is RankyAnswerLady.com, and that's also on iTunes. Yeah, be sure to. You can follow her show, subscribe to the show, and it's free on iTunes called Reiki Answer Lady. Yeah, that's always fun. I love the um, iTunes podcast because you can listen from your phone. I I love that. (laughs) I know, I know. It's great. And I did just do a, I released a show on ancestral, like healing ancestral karma with Dr. Stephen Farmer. So, you know, it is a relevant topic right now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, back to, to what you're saying, like, you know, like, sometimes you don't know that you're not, that what you're carrying isn't yours. Right. you start to talk to it. It's so true. It's you so know, true. So. And start connecting with yourself. And even earlier, you were talking about meditation. And I tell yeah. people that, too. I'm like, whenever people ask me where to start, I'm like, listen, if you're not sure what you want to commit to, at least you can practice you know meditation because that self-connection already is going to open you up in new ways and then you'll have clarity around which way you want to go but you know it's all about like learning to trust your inner guidance and it's so amazing like you have no idea where this will lead you and what you will learn about yourself with the reiki i always say it was um i'm so thankful for that as being a foundation for me and i it's just it's a gift that's what it is. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I, yeah. I, really, I mean, here I am in Southern California, you know, just, I'm just always amazed and so grateful. Like, you know, yeah. like, thank you so much for leading me on this journey, you know, getting me to where I need to be. Right. Introducing me to cool people. And, you know, my, my personal spiritual healing just keeps getting, you know, deeper and deeper. And I've been having this, you know, incredibly cool experiences. I mean, you know, for meditation, for people with, you know, if the listeners out there feel like, oh, I can't shut my mind down, then don't fight with it. Make right. it work. Yes. Right? Yep. Take a contemplation. Um, take a, you know, a, a poem or a song lyric or something like that that you like that means something for you and just read it over and over again. Yeah. You know, that's what mantra chanting is. Right. You know, you're, you're just using a different tool to get to the same space. And that's all all of this is. And that's another thing to the beauty of it is we have so many tools just to reconnect us with ourselves. They all are leading you back to the same place. And so there's like options for everyone. And there are so many different ways to do the same thing. So, yeah. And I really, Carmen, I'm so thankful for you coming on the show and sharing your story and all of your information with us. And I hope you'll come back again because clearly you and I... 
much. We could keep going. So. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we could, yeah, we could just talk animal communication. Yeah. Just something fun. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I have some crazy animal stories. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. So we'll have to plan it. And I thank you so much for joining us today. And I thank everyone for listening. And don't forget, you can get my free um, Creating with the Moon and Stars workbook by signing up for the newsletter at uchi.com. I hope everyone has a beautiful day. And remember to always journey in love.